Hello and welcome to the next episode of Thought Architecture. I'm your host, Justin. Just in time, just in case, and uh, Justin Nope. The three Justins that you need. <laughs> so today we're going to do our first in our learning series. And so this is what I'm going to call the introduction to the formula of learning. So subsequently we'll do a uh, double click on each part as we need. Um, and kind of go into a few details. But for now, why don't we take a look at learning and understand that the the brain is basically a learning mechanism for everything. I mean, you go into a new job and you have to establish, you know, well, okay, I need to learn who are all the people here? What do I need to do? What is the layout of this place? So learning might be a misnomer where familiarity might be a better word that actually suits everyone in every context. You want more familiarity. So in this way, um, the ideas with this is that there's a lot behind each each stage of learning. There are different types of subjects to learn. You know, for example, like just where's the bathroom? Oh, I need to learn where the bathroom is. So in this regard, where's the bathroom doesn't come anywhere near, let's say, uh, astrophysics, where the learning curve is a lot steeper. You know, you've got a lot more to learn, a lot more to get familiar with, and a lot less time to get familiar with it as well um, in relation to how much you can take on at one time. So that being said, um, what I will do is I will break this down into three parts. And so this this comes out of um, some research done by the University of Connecticut, where they found uh, three phases of self-regulation. And so um, even before I found this research, I largely lumped learning into these three, largely lumped learning, largely lumped learning <laughs> into these three categories for everyone. Okay, so there's a pre-learning phase, there's a peri-learning phase, and then there's a post-learning phase. So what this looks like is you can you can actually uh, kind of like a, a Hoberman sphere, um, if you want to see what a Hoberman sphere looks like, they're pretty spacey, but they're one of those uh, children's toys that can open up and it expands to be the size of a beach ball and then you can push it down and it goes into like a very condensed size of maybe a volleyball you know a very small tight packed volleyball so this this idea about these three phases we can expand and contract it according to well are we talking about learning over a year well we can expand it to this size or are we talking about a single learning session and we can contract it down and so before each learning session you should always have a pre-session a post-session and you should always have the actual peri part you know the uh the actual learning phase um and the same can be said with over a period of a year you have a program which you have to prepare your year's worth of work beforehand you should always have a reflection part the uh the post part okay so, um, like I said, there's pre, there's peri, and there's post. And there are specific phases within, of, within each. So, for the sake of this, let's take a look at a skill, a physical skill that we need to learn. Let's say fencing. Let's take um, a academic skill that we need to, uh, you know, we need to get better at. Let's say stoichiometry, if you want to say. Um, an academic skill which is basically organic chemistry mathematics okay and then after that let's take another thing for example let's say uh, learning how to do things at a particular job 
okay, so let's say learning <clears throat> learning a material out of a book for your work. Um, okay, so each one of these has got a pre-phase, a periphase, and a post-phase, although the ratios might, may be different. The entire point is that when you do the pre-phase, you're basically sorting and organizing all of your materials to consume. You're basically laying out your frameworks, okay? So your pre-phase is literally a planning phase. Yes, this is true. But a lot of it is also making sure that you're overcoming your particular emotions, okay? Any perceptual issues. Um, so the next the next um, in the series of learning, we'll be covering the pre-phase. The, 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 the audio after that will be covering the periphase. And the audio after that will be covering the post-phase. But for now, suffice it to say that we go through all these phases with all of these. So if you look at these things, we need to take a look at all of this information and understand it. And so I'm going to give you the three biggest pieces inside this formula that you need to pay attention to, which is, very simply put, hierarchy, ratios, and sequencing. Hierarchy, ratios, and sequencing. So when you learn something like, let's say, uh, fencing, as we said before, you are going to look at the hierarchy. What is it that is the most important thing that I need to learn? Let's say it's the um, like a particular attack that you need to learn or it's a, a particular defense, one specific defense, one defense that is largely applicable against everything else. It's kind of like your 80-20 Pareto's principle, okay? That is going to be uh, a very valuable thing and so that gets a good strong hierarchy, okay? You, you're able to put that in at a top in terms of valuation. Then um, within your ratios as well, it comes in like, well, if this is so important, then how often I train, I should spend a proportionate amount of time training the things that are very important, okay? But likewise, I should be still, it's ratios, it's not just, you know, one training thing. So in this regard, we take the ratios and we say, okay, well, I'm going to spend, let's say, 60% of my time training this one, and then 20% of my time training another thing, and 20% training another thing. So, being able to balance that out and making sure you're hitting the good ratios, all right? After that, sequencing is important as well. And so sequencing would then say within fencing, if we took it like this, we say, well, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is defend. Then I'm going to counterattack. So in my, in my training, I'm going to sequence it that I'm going to train a counterattack and then an attack. A counterattack and a Sorry, a defense and then a counterattack. A defense and then a counterattack. And so in this way, we get our sequencing. Um, we've got our ratios as well. And so now it starts to get a little bit more complex in that we can um, drill the, the defense and the counterattack separately. Okay, so isolate them. And then we can drill them together and integrate them. And we don't need a mastery of the one to move on to the integrated group we can drill both of them to a comfortable level or just appropriate to what time you're able to actually train and then fuse them together into your um, into your integrated pattern and so when we talk about hierarchy as well we should talk about this idea that if we are learning let's say fencing we could learn all of the single movements as like a long list of words in a language. We can learn them one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, and spend 
uh, a certain amount of time learning that. And that's very low on this hierarchy um, pyramid. It's the singular piece. But actually training sequences of pieces is usually more valuable. Okay, so the hierarchy is, again, it's more valuable for you to train something. Okay, so what do I want to train? Well, I want to train this one defense. Great, but it's also more valuable to put that defense in a sequence. So again, with hierarchy, we're just establishing value. What is a valuable thing to do? What is more valuable than another thing? Sequencing, okay, cool. What do I need to train? Because sometimes we need to train a less valuable thing in the beginning, and then we can bring in the higher value thing. So it's, you know, for example, let's say uh, drilling a feint first, which allows us to get into our very important counterattack, which then allows us, uh, sorry, our, uh, let's try that again. We, tr we train a feint, which allows us to get into our defense, our very important defense, which then allows us to um, use our counterattack. And so in that sequence, our value order goes our not-so-valuable feint into our incredibly value, valuable defense into our moderately valuable counterattack. And learning that sequence is important, okay? And then dedicating a certain amount of time. So let's say the not-so-valuable feint, we spend five minutes drilling. The incredibly valuable defense, we spend uh, 10 minutes drilling. The mediocrely, you know, middle-of-the-road the value um, counter, um, we spend, let's say, seven minutes drilling, and then we'll spend uh, five minutes drilling the entire sequence in that order. So that's quite a quite an important part. That's quite a nice, interesting thing to notice. So if we are to apply this to, let's say, stoichiometry as well and organic chemistry, it's a simple matter of like, okay, cool, um, what do I need to do? So we understand, oh, okay, it's very much going to help me to drill uh, identification, what what do I have and what do I need to convert it into? So, oh, I, they've given me uh, moles. I need to convert it into moles per gram or something like that. Or they give me the molecular weights. I need to convert it into moles. Uh, they give me the molecular weights. I need to convert it into grams or whatever the case may be. So the conversion, let's say, we determine is the most valuable thing. Now, in the conversion, we also need to understand um, what they give us in the question, in which case it's just a simple matter of defining what we have first, which is again a less valuable practice, followed by the conversion, which is again a more valuable practice, and how much time we spend on each one in sequence with the ratios. Great. Um, and then the final thing was, let's say you're coming into your job and they, um, they lump a new 100-page manual on your desk and say, cool, you got to know this all. But you've got a period of time to do it in. Let's say you've got a period of three months before um, all your systems need to be changed over to this new manual. Again, it comes down to hierarchy, systems, and ratios. What are the details? And so this is really the true value of establishing hierarchy. What is going to be the structural mainframe of this thing? What is going to be the super, super, super important structure of this thing that's going to hold everything up kind of like a tent pole so you want to establish what your tent pole is first okay then you want to establish what are your tent pieces as in the material that's going to cover the bulk of it and then you want to establish okay what are the extra details that i need to add like the little tent poles on the sides you know the supportive guy ropes the pegs in the ground etc things like that the little the little details that make it 
and making sure that with hierarchy, you're establishing that. Okay, so I would say with hierarchy, my biggest piece of advice with hierarchy is establish what are your skeleton pieces, what are going to be attached to those skeleton pieces, and then what are going to be details. So you're essentially grouping things into three areas. Area number one, details. Area number two, very important structural pieces. And then number number three is kind of the middle ground between the two. And so number three can actually be negotiated quite a lot. All right. Within ratios, we're looking at ratios with, re with regard to, um, let's say if we're sticking with the tent metaphor, how many tent poles do I need to how much tent cloth do I need to how many pegs do I need? And so you're going to have a certain amount of ratios. If you want to break ratios down with cooking, let's say burgers, I need uh, one ha hamburger patty to two pieces of uh, a bread roll to one slice of cheese and let's say to two pieces of vegetables, let's say tomato or onions or something like that. And so your ratio is usually like one bun, uh, sorry, one bun split in two to one patty to one piece of cheese to two veg. So those are your ratios and making sure that your ratios pretty much um, are in order for the best thing. I mean, can you imagine you're trying to make a burger without a patty, right? So that becomes super important. Can you imagine making a burger without vegetables? Ah, oh, much less important, but an added detail that really does make it better, okay? And then with regard to sequencing, like how do you organize your hamburger? Some would argue that it's important to put lettuce as a barrier between everything else and the bun so that moisture doesn't actually soak into the bread and compromise its integrity, i.e. it falls apart in your hand. So the sequencing is important as well. And then, uh, like I said, your hierarchy and your ratios kind of feed into each other quite nicely. Your sequencing feeds into each other quite nicely. So... On a final note, let me just put it to you in the in the ways of understanding, like, let's say, learning a language, okay? Before I learn a language, I'll make sure that I've got my material sorted out. I'll know what exercises I'm doing, okay? So that's my pre. I'll make sure that I can take a look at anything that I need to look at before. So I don't just start taking action that's going to be ineffective. I make sure I'm prepared. I know what I'm going to be doing. And so on this idea of the pre-action phase, remember that the more you, you take uh, steps, the more you're actually going to be, uh, you, the more you're going to know about the entire process. So don't be hard on yourself uh, the first time. It doesn't need to be perfect. But each subsequent time that you study something and go through this learning cycle, you should be dialing in your studies more and more and more and more each subsequent year with each subsequent topic you should be dialing in your studies even more because the 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 skill of studying is actually a meta skill it's sharpening muscles in your mind that are there to uh, sift through information make it comfortable familiar attach it to things that already exist and then automate it and that's pretty much what learning is so for languages then, my actual peri is going to be uh, a rehearsal phase of it. <clears throat> so hierarchy, um, ratios, and sequencing. I'd make sure that I'm 
uh, training a certain isolated drilling skill and then integrating that drilling, kind of like fencing as well. What are my most important things to do? And then for the post phase, we would go into reflection of oh, how did I do, how did it feel, things like that. Okay. So to summarize, this is the introduction to the learning formula. And the learning formula is a three-step formula. It's a pre, peri, and post formula. And within the peri, I wanted to introduce this, this concept of isolated, integrated, you know, isolate your skills, integrate them together, isolate them, integrate them together. But I also would recommend that you take the third one, which is improvisation. So isolate, integrate, and then improv is pretty much a controlled environment where if I make a mistake, that's okay, I can roll with it. So instead of calling it improv, I'd call it simulation. You simulate what you're trying to do. So isolate, integrate, simulate. Okay. Um, so the, the isolate, integrate, and improvise uh, is definitely not my baby. I heard that the first time from Ido Portal, and I thought, you know what? I've got to get my hands on this. I also heard the same thing. Uh, the simulate is also what's known as scrimmage from uh, award-winning teacher Doug Lamov. So again, I'll attach uh, links to these things down in the show notes below. But the idea is that this this type of higher order um, thinking has been seen in multiple, multiple different arenas, i.e. teaching um, of academic subjects in high school from, you know, award-winning teacher Doug Lamov to um, trying to comprehend physical things from uh, the movement coach Ido Portal. Um, but then also University of Texas um, have got the Brain Performance Institute and they also found that the greatest, uh, the greatest improvement in learning and brain function that they could find was with regard to how people actually deconstructed what they were trying to learn. So breaking it down into chunks and making it more familiar and being able to put it along these ideas of how simply can I, can I understand this thing and then how complex can I understand it. So like Goldilocks and the Three Little Bears, you can repeat the entire story in its entirety and that's going to be the biggest part. And then you could uh, summarize it in a, in a sentence, which again, you know, what's the moral of the story? And that's going to be your smallest part and then go for something in between as well. So we can kind of um, put that down as hierarchy, establishing hierarchy with regard to meaning as well. Okay. So all of this to say that um, you could do this hierarchy, sequencing and ratios and use it pretty much anywhere you want within the learning uh, process. So it's a very, very, very good thing to keep in mind. So again, hierarchy, ratios, sequencing, number one, and then the isolate, integrate, and uh, simulate. So Doug Lamoff, by the way, also talks about isolating a skill like a soccer practice, you know, a dribbling skill and getting really, really, really refined at that. And then um, let's say shooting for the goals and getting really, really refined at that. And then integrating the two together. So dribbling and then shooting for the goals in a drill. And then once you're comfortable, then you start simulating it instead of using those little orange cones. You actually use people instead. Um, and so from a more personal perspective, just to finish up, uh, as a language teacher over the last 
almost 15 years. I've used this protocol for, let's say, seven and watched the results of my students skyrocket and watched the results of clients, um, private clients, you know, as they say to me, like, holy cow, I couldn't do this before, no matter how long I'd spent in the language. And now I'm getting these great results. So it really does make a difference. It really does make a difference. So if you're struggling to learn something or you want to learn it as fast as possible, try and see how you can add in hierarchy, ratios, and sequencing, how you can then drill uh, something in an isolated way and then uh, integrate two isolated things together, three isolated things together, four isolated things together, and then start adding more stress and pressure by simulating the environment that you would expect to test yourself in. Okay. So that's the learning formula overview. And like I said, this is the first part in the series and we're going to to dip into the other parts sooner rather than later. I've been Justin. This has been Thought Architecture and you have been wonderful. You are wonderful and you deserve happiness. All the best. Have a great day.